shall we begin? Hi everyone, and welcome to Legion Quest. I am your guide through the dream web, Zachary <laughs> Jenkins. And with me, as always, is the reviewer with level 8 invincibility, Matt Sibley. Matt, how are you doing today? Oh, t today I'm okay. Yesterday I was not because I had to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for the people who don't know, we decided with this offseason to watch the very first live action X-Men TV movie thing, Generation X. It was a choice decision. <laughs> I'm glad I now have that marked off my bucket list. We are struggling because it's... <laughs> Yeah, why was it ever on your bucket list? <laughs> because I'm a completionist, and I have to watch all of it. That's pronounced masochist, actually. <laughs> now, that that other voice, that other voice you hear that is not normal around here is the wonderful Christina Strain, writer of the upcoming Generation X book. Christina, how are you doing today? I'm doing amazingly well now that i've survived the uh gen x pilot slash movie because no one wanted to see it oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you guys haven't picked up this movie's not the strongest thing that marvel studios has ever put out <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't marvel right it was fox well okay so Let's let me think through exactly how this works, because the way I understand it, and I am not an industry insider like some people here, but Marvel sold the people who made Caddyshack the rights <laughs> to the X-Men movies back in the 80s, and then that eventually went down to uh, 20th Century Fox having them, but TV rights have always technically stayed with marvel as long as they did not make anything that could be construed as related to the film franchise which is why the show mutant x that came out in the late 90s was a big litigation thing because they fox and marvel got pissy with each other because they thought they were using the films to promote this totally unrelated tv show interesting see this i did not know this because this is a little I mean, I didn't get into TV till recently, so some of the stuff was me going, oh, I thought bankruptcy was an issue, so Marvel sold the rights to everything. I think that's the easier way to think of it, and then <laughs> Legion somehow made message boards argue for like a year. Yeah, but yeah. They, they, they sold everything actually before it because, you know, they were a comic book studio, and yeah. what comic book studio thinks, you know what, let's go make some movies. That's what we need to do with our time. Yeah, not only that, I mean, back then, I don't know how many of you have seen the Fantastic Four movie from back in the day. Which was produced by the same people who made this. Yeah. The closest I mean, I've gotten to that is, like, pictures of the Arrested Development cast dressed as the Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what's funny is the reason, and I had told Zach this, the reason I hadn't seen the Gen X movie up until... I made a decision to watch it for this and for myself. <laughs> when we back in college, a bunch of us decided to watch really bad comic book movies, and we started with the Fantastic Four movie, and after I made it through that, they started Gen X, and I was like, I can't. I love myself. <laughs> I gotta go. 
Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a... Well, do, do we just want to dive right into this? I think it's for the best. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we promised them something we should just deliver. <laughs> yeah. If any of you want to watch this, uh, I don't know if it's released anywhere, but, you know, there are certain youtube websites that have the whole thing <laughs> with varying quality. So, you know. In fact, the first note I have is my wife who graciously watched it with me, realizing you have to watch it on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So it starts off with the dictionary definition of a mutant. It's a very promising stuff. It's just as bad as uh, that one big essay at the end of Daredevil Season 2. But... Oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's a very, I don't know where to start this, so... Yeah, it... Well, what's weird is it goes right into this lab where this doctor is experimenting on a mutant boy trying to cut open his brain. Because why not? <laughs> right. Because obviously, as we all know, the uh, the mutant brain in the pineal gland has the X factor, which makes everyone mutate and have superpowers like this guy's lobster claw. <laughs> but Zach, from a structural standpoint, this is necessary for the end of the movie. <laughs> oh no, this they are they are setting this up to knock it down later. It's just a really bad setup. What happens if someone pitches Webster's dictionary in a writer's room now? Do they just get thrown out straight away or stuck in the corner? I mean, uh, I mean, to be fair, on the magicians, we don't have any dictionary words we can use to apply to our show. <laughs> I mean, it would be things like Pooping in a well spread. I mean, like, we have an interesting uh, setup on our show. <laughs> I don't know that anybody needs to do a deep dive on, uh, you know, fecal matter or anything like that. But For those of you who don't know, Christina does write for television, so she is very <laughs> qualified to do this. It's a sci-fi The Magicians, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, is an excellent show, and you should watch it, even though I am making poop jokes. It's all... <laughs> It's all legit and it's all material. Uh, can you guys, can, can everyone tell just how much we're avoiding talking about this actual movie? <laughs> so with this horrible setup, Emma Frost walks in. Now, Emma Frost is apparently a colleague of these doctors and she thinks that, mut or you know, experimenting on mutants is bad. Okay, I'll buy that. But then she has... Uh, you know, Storm's powers for one scene when she goes a little crazy? I mean, I, I think the assumption back then was nobody nobody watches comics except for maybe our target target audience. Right. <laughs> so why not give her everything? It's not right. like someone can fact correct it on the, on the internet. You know, they have to send a letter and that only gets seen by people inside the studio. So. Well, what bothered me more is that Emma was a scientist. And here's the thing. I love Emma to death. She's one of my favorite characters. But she is not, like, a physicist. No. And she dresses like she's not a physicist. Yeah. It's yeah, not appropriate. Was... No, no. She is not, a... she is not following her PPE guidelines. <laughs> but anyway, that mutant gets captured because he didn't follow the Mutant Registration Act as he was, you know, being, you know, lobotomized. So <laughs> Emma says, well, that's not cool. And then it cuts to five years later. 
and uh, we uh, we see our first member of Generation X. He's a young uh, Latino guy named uh, Angelo Espinoza, portrayed by uh, August Augustin Rodriguez. That's his name. I can I can read right, and he is Skin. Now, Skin is a character in the comics who has six feet of extra skin. That's it. He's He's crappy Mr. Fantastic as far as powers go. <laughs> but I like him. Angelo can't get nothing. <laughs> I like him a lot in the comics. He's fun. He has a good wit. He has charisma. He's not this character in the movie. I just, I feel like poor Angelo gets no justice anywhere. He's just oh. the saddest. And he got, he, he's the only person that actually died and stayed dead thanks to freaking Chuck Austin crucifying a bunch of mutants on the uh, front lawn of the X-Mansion. Because their lives aren't hard enough. <laughs> yeah, well, Jubilee got crucified, Magma got crucified, Skin got crucified, and those two survived, and Skin didn't, and it makes me sad. Yeah. <sighs> those were bad times. <laughs> you just... I'm sorry, I just get so sad every time I think about Angelo. <laughs> <sighs> Well, what, what's bad is in this movie when he jumps in his dad's old Studebaker pickup truck, which was super old for 1996, though in fabulous condition. <laughs> like, it it came out of a collector's showroom for this movie. They wanted an old truck. It's where all the money went. Because <laughs> oh it, did, it didn't go to his, uh, it didn't go to the effects for skin. Because his sister does not want to let go of him as he's driving away and stretches his arm out. <laughs> and it looks painful. It looks real bad. It's, oh, it's a rough effect. My favorite thing is I was reading online the justification for not having Chamber. And they were just like, he's too expensive. And I'm like, but skin. I mean, how many how many times are you going to do that effect? <laughs> Well, here's the here's the thing that I'm actually putting together about how that worked because that was my first question too. But so this was produced by New World Pictures with alongside Marvel Entertainment. New World Pictures were also the people to do the never before released Roger Corman uh, Fantastic Four movie. So I'm like a hundred percent sure they were just recycling the Mr. Fantastic effects from that movie, uh, that and that's sense. the only reason they allowed that to ha happen. I just can't believe that, like, that's what they used and never thought to try and make it better. I mean, I, I'm going to, I'll give them one thing. It was the 90s? I guess, I mean, when we think back to 90s television shows, that was cool, maybe? Okay. It hurts. I mean, it's not the all, worst all I've ever seen, but... It looks like a, and this may be a very specific thing that people here don't, know of it looks like a direct-to-video christian movie from the early 90s oh it God. looks like uh bible man which i'm pretty sure is a real thing oh my God. it's not great my god oh but you know it it jumps to uh cuts to our villain and our villain of the piece is russell tresh played by matt frewer Max Headroom himself. And he is channeling Jim Carrey from Batman Forever real, real hard. I mean, Jesus Christ. He's like Leto Joker, but in like a not the creepy way that he's going for. 
when I was watching it, it took me a second to read. Like, I was like, what is he doing? I was like, is he pretending he's the mask? What's happening right now? Oh, like, it's Jim Carrey, man. It's so Jim Carrey, 1996. It is. That's exactly what it is. And at least he knows what kind of movie he's in. Like, I get the feeling he read the script, flipped through. He's like, oh, okay, this is garbage. I can just kind of do what I want. <laughs> Oh, he seems see, like he's is, having fun, at least. This is something that super pains me, and I find that, to this day, you occasionally get this, but people see that they have a script for a comic book property, and they decide they're going to play it real comic book-like. And I'm just like, nah, man, you do that, and it comes off super slapstick. And in this case in particular, it's extra bad, because it's like you said, he's in a different movie. A oh, yeah, movie. completely. I'd rather watch the movie he's in, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but he's in a different movie. It would be like a creepy LSD Freddy Krueger or something. Yeah, he's living the cartoon. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, so he is, I mean, he's straight doing the Batman Forever Jim Carrey Riddler plot where he is using, you know, stuff to advertise, to sell yeah. product. He is, in this case, he's really interested in the dream dimension. And, you know getting mutants for that because as we all know mutants can enter the dream dimension mm. that that's that's a thing all mutants can do we're all aware of that right it's like rule 102 very clearly <laughs> so we we get russell uh he he's having you know he's doing good and then he talks about you know how he wants to convince the kids to play more virtual fighter video games and smoke these cigarettes and wear this lipstick so we cut to an arcade where there's kids smoking these cigarettes, wearing this lipstick, and playing Virtua Fighter video games. Oh, back in the day. Oh, okay. And in this arcade is the X-Men arcade game. The X-Men beat-em-up game, which brings up so many questions about how this world works. Because that game, that game has Emma Frost as a boss. Emma Frost is a villain in that game. No one else in this, but Emma is. So how that works, I don't really know. I doubt, I doubt they were really paying that close of attention. They thought it would just be a funny little sight gag. I like to think that they were being extra meta, and they put the game in there to make you want to buy it because subliminal. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like like the like the Virtua Fighter subliminal messaging that happens when Jubilee's playing. <laughs> the just floating head in the middle of the screen. Oh god. Yeah, and I, I guess we we need to we need to just get over this bridge. Jubilee is in the mall playing a video game in an arcade, which all of that works. She's wearing her leather jacket, her mm. you know yellow jacket. It works, except for the fact that she's being played by Heather McComb, who is a Caucasian woman. Yeah, yeah, it's that's weird thing. Not great. So I I looked into this because it seems horrible, right? Like that doesn't. That's that's not right. Jubilee's probably like top five Asian characters in comics as far as like notoriety. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you know you get everything else right because frankly I'll say you know as far as the writing and stuff most of Jubilee is on point. Yeah. I think I think they get her closer than anyone else. And you know they got the outfit. I mean they have the jacket and the jacket's really all you need for the outfit. But yeah. they've got that, they've got her in an arcade, and then they drop the ball like that. I looked online and they said, there's some sources, and I can't find a like definitive one, 
that says that that role was originally going to be Dazzler. But that doesn't make any friggin' sense for a Generation X movie. No. No. Because this is Jubilee at the height of the 90s. This is when Jubilee was on Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. She's your she's your anchor here. That's like a weird excuse you come out with after people have started pointing it out. Yeah. Like it's it's just the first one which comes to mind. I yeah. just feel like what really probably happened, if there was a point in time which they thought they were going to do Dazzler, which I'm not entirely sure I believe, I think really what happened was they were like, uh, Asian actresses are hard to find, let's just make her white. And it was I just mean, like, because in the 90s, you could easily whitewash and get away with it. So I don't honestly think that they ever considered Dazzler. I think really what happened was they were just like, oh, we're going to have Jubilee, and of course we're going to cast a white chick. Yeah. Which kills me. Because, like you said, it was the 90s, and everyone knew she was Asian. And there's a there's a scene later on, and this one, this, this in particular kind of like chapped my buttocks. There's... They they do a cut to that like carnival thing that they're at, and they, right. they open up on this Asian chick with short hair, and then quickly then pan over, and you see white Jubilee, and I'm like, it's mm-hmm. like they started yeah. on an Asian chick who kind of looked like Jubilee, and then went to the white girl. I was like, ah, what? You've got your Asian extra. You couldn't go the extra mile. And, I mean, because no, I don't think any of these actors at the time were particularly big. No, Matt uh, Brewer was the biggest biggest name here. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was the '90s. People gave way less of a crap back then and could get away with a lot more. Yeah, it's 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 rough. It's frustrating. It's it's dumb. It shouldn't have happened. No, yeah. but yeah. So after that horrible down note, uh, Jubilee gets you know. People find out she's a mutant. She starts shooting fireworks off. And the firework effects look like they she has sparklers in her hands, but that's fine. It's a it's about what you need. <laughs> I mean, at least she's got any sort of fireworks and they don't just say that she hasn't learned how to do I don't know. I was like it's it would have been easy for them to kind of try to never show them. Yeah, let's do it off screen. Crappy effect. I think yeah, this was no. the point where I just accepted the like it wasn't my computer and that like the sand and lighting really were that bad as well oh it's bad we lost christina again we've got christina back again i'm back sorry okay so we're back on that uh what were you saying anyway jubilee gets found out that she's a mutant they chase her they capture her uh and then she's in the police station and her parents are all freaking out because their daughter's a mutant. And there's actually, she does a good scene there where she's saying, hey, mom, you know, I'm a mutant, but don't worry, I'm going to try harder now and all this stuff. Like, they they do a weird thing with the tone in this movie. Because I don't think this movie knows what it wants to be at no, all. No. Because that's a drama scene. That's that's like a like legit pretty decent teen drama scene, you know, on the scale of decent according to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> to the low bar set look I'm, I, you know. I'm looking for any silver lining i can find here <laughs> but you know uh anyway emma frost and uh banshee uh who is played by the guy whose name is right here jeremy ratchford who also voiced banshee on the x-men animated series cartoon and just decided to keep doing that sure. they show up it's a very sh- strong Irish accent as well. 
Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Matt, you you're from across the pond. What, what are your thoughts on that accent? I I gotta know. Do you know someone who talks like that, or is this just super fake? Because it seems super fake. It, it sounded fake. You know, when we looked at like the episode of the X Men cartoon with Legion, and I was like, I don't know what the Scottish accent is. Oh yes, I, yes. I, yeah, I had the same reaction here. It, I, it's it's like one that I think someone's doing but going over the top with it without realizing because they've never met an irish person before they're also counting on americans never having met anybody from true true well, like, i think on this point did you guys you guys had like leprechauns and that was kind of the baseline yeah that's the entire country right it's like it's guinness and leprechauns that's all i know about ireland but it seems right-ish it's like oh, it's 50 percent oh yeah. So anyway, they go rescue Jubilee. They use horrible code names of Hootie and Blowfish, but Emma uses her mind control powers to make sure that goes away. And they they bring Jubilee to the Xavier Institute so she doesn't go to a mutant camp, which the movie just glosses over the fact that there's concentration camps here, which I, bothers. I mean, this was supposed to be a pilot, right? Like they were hoping yeah. for more of these. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it was like a backdoor pilot thing. Yeah, I think yeah. like a longer one and then down to regular yeah. size episodes, I guess. Yeah, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, maybe all this interesting stuff, they were like, that'll be an arc for episodes four through seven. <laughs> right. Like... <laughs> I'd hope. But, you know, there's a lot that's missing in this film. Ugh. <laughs> But okay, they it's a movie that glosses over concentration camps, has, like, quite a lot of swearing in it, has, like, a weird creepy dream guy. It's clearly everything that, like, Stanley and Jack Kirby set out in X-Men number one. <laughs> yeah, can we talk about the part where Jubilee just starts swearing like a sailor for one scene for no reason and then it never gets brought up again? Oh my god, my brain broke for a split second because, like, on The Magicians, we have the- we, we curse all the time. I just was like, it was the 90s! <laughs> This is like, like this level of the F word shows up in the magicians and we get bleeped. What was this going to do on network television? Like, yeah. Yeah. That, like my wife pauses the, she's like, wait a minute. Wait. This, is, this was not the tone of the movie here. Cause it's, it's not even like the PG-13. You get one, you get one. So you better make it right. It's just casual. I still don't get how a network bought this and like a, this is all fine. There's nothing we want to give you notes on here. How did it get past? We lost Christina again! Hopefully she, there we go. She's back again. She's back again. I'm back. The best part was it cut out right as I was about to say fuck. (laughs) 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 That program, like, like censors better than that TV show did. (laughs) (laughs) oh man so yeah anyway they get to the mansion which is the same mansion from the x-men movies yeah which was bizarre to me when i saw i was like hold hold the phone this is this is the real school and in those movies it was filled with students and bustling hallways and all this stuff and here it's the exact same excuse as Deadpool had of, well, we didn't have the budget for more than a handful of mutants. There's so many Dutch angles when they get to here as well. Like everything is just at a like 45 degree angle. And... 
Oh my gosh. But how will you know that they are in a weird place if not for a Dutch angle? Right, right. Yeah. That's the excuse they use for Thor as well. <laughs> exactly. So they get to they get to the school and uh there's there uh you know, there's one real skeevy scene where they're doing tests and Jubilee, who they've just established is fifteen, has to get topless in front of like everyone. Yes! What the hell? Out of nowhere and not comfortable. Oh my god. You know, I gotta say, like, even without the lens of the quote unquote nineties, like the whitewashing, as disappointing as it is, I was like yeah, that that wasn't unusual back then. That scene, I was like, this was uncomfortable even back then. What are you doing? There's so much of that. This movie, like, this movie has a character unironically threatened to mind rape a little girl. Yes. That is the direct quote. It's oh horrible. God, when that happened, I was like, are you kidding me? And then the number of times where, like, even the boys, it's like. Oh, how they're like, horrible? Did you cop a feel? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> The thing that like strikes me about is that Buffy's like a year later and they had to dance around so many topics at the beginning and this is like, yeah, you can put the words mind rape in a script and it's fine. I mean they had <sighs> fuck drop seven times. Yeah. This is <laughs> Jeez. I don't know who this movie was for. I really don't. I mean clearly no one because they didn't pick it up. They oh, yeah, the people clearly walked into a comic store, saw like everything nineties. It was like people like Wildstorm, right? Yes. We'll go extreme. <laughs> Quote unquote. Oh. oh yeah, this this is edgy. And we, we get to meet the edgy students. So this is this is your generation X in this movie. You already have skin in Jubilee, but you get uh M, who's played by Amaralis, one word, which seems incredibly appropriate for M. Like I saw that, I was like, oh perfect. Did they hire her on actress name alone? M is practically perfect in every way. And this movie does not do enough with her because she has M's great horrible attitude, and then does nothing. Yeah. Uh, we get Mondo played by Bumper Robin Robinson. Now Mondo was a Generation X character, but you find out halfway through the series. Spoiler! Spoiler for a you know twenty year old comic book. <laughs> in case anyone hasn't gotten to it. But you find out halfway through that Mondo, who's been on Generation X, wasn't really a dude. He was a creation of Earth by the real Mondo, who's evil. And it's kind of boring. Mondo's not the best character in Generation X. Here's another question I have. Wasn't he Samoan? Yeah, 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 he's Samoan. He, he's a surfer dude in the comic. Like, that's yeah. his whole deal. Asians get nothing, man. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's rough. Who is not here is Sink, or Penance, or Chamber. I, my heart just dies every time I think about this because they decided to create this Refrax character who's basically Cyclops. shitty Cyclops. <laughs> but they're like, Chamber's way too expensive, and I'm like, seriously, just get a fucking turtleneck. Turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> And then just, just the same sparkler spark. effects. Yeah, you did sparks on Jubilee. Why can't you have them pull it down a little? Do a little sparks. Don't tell me it's too expensive. <laughs> yeah. They had a limited amount of fireworks on set. They couldn't do that many takes, clearly. it's. Oh, just, yeah. My brain hurts. <laughs> it was bad. 
Then, you, yeah, you get the created characters, Shitty Cyclops, Refrax, and Buff. Buff is a girl in baggy clothes who you later find out has a body double who has a really ripped back. Yeah. And that's her power? That's... <laughs> she's apparently she's She-Hulk only, she's Husk only, she's Satter, and she wears baggy clothing. Yeah. And on top of that, she doesn't actually have those muscles because later on you see her in tighter clothing and she's clearly hot and skinny. And I'm just like, what are we, what are you selling me? Cause well, what, what's worse is when they show the muscles, cause you see it in, you know, a scene where, you know, she's turned around and it's from the back. And then immediately the next cut is back to the regular actress, uh, Suzanne Davis. And she is, you know, she looks like a petite, you know, 19 year old girl. She's like a size four, size six, maybe. I mean, she's yeah. nice and trim. Yeah. Stunt number one is really weird in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, they, they meet all the students. Everyone starts to just bond, I guess. All the guys are dicks. It's yeah. really bad. Refrax and Mondo are not good people. Yeah. They are just horrible to all the girls, especially to, uh, especially to Buff, especially to... Uh, What's her character's name supposed to be? Arlie? Is it Arlie? Arlie Hicks. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're horrible to her. It's not great. And then they, they train. They do X-Men training stuff for a while. That's kind of boring. Until Emma starts talking about the dream dimension. And she's really talking about the astral plane from Legion. Like, mm-hmm. this is the part of the thing where I was like, wait a minute. This could be reworked into Legion Season 2. And I'd be okay with it because it would be better. But... Yeah. It hit all those notes. Mm. Uh, anyway, apparently Emma was super big into the dream dimension things. They talk about it. I'm going through the notes trying to find something that actually is Can worth talking talk about. Can we please talk about how, like, his big plan at the board meeting was gastral eruptions? Oh, yeah! When he makes everyone fart! Oh, my God! <laughs> and then, you know, like, forces someone to jump out of building. I yeah. feel like that was that was the page in the script that made <laughs> Matt Frewer go, "Oh, Jim Carrey!" <laughs> oh, because it's exactly what he does in Batman Forever. It's yes. exactly what he does. Ugh. Yeah, uh, Russell goes to a boardroom to show everyone all of his new dream impl- inception. He incepts them, but he incepts them to fart. That's what he does. <laughs> it's a horrible scene like i had to pause the movie because i started crying because i could not (laughs) comprehend what was happening here like the actual making the guy fall it looks kind of horrifying minus the bad cgi but everything else around it is (laughs) i I don't know like how none of it changed the guy falling it pissed me off because they have a, a shot of him like jumping out the window and it looks good. It looks it looks mm. like a '90s TV movie, but I'm not upset about it. And it's like if they cut it there, it would have been a good scene. It would have been nice. You get everything you need. You get out. But then they add the 10 seconds of bad CGI. And yeah, that's that's one of those great things that you could have shown him jump and then cut to him lying on the ground. You know. Yeah. Not don't show his like don't do the full on frontal of him falling that looks terrible mm-hmm. oh. Oh. 
me. Yeah. So in the uh, dream dimension, I guess to get the actual plot going, because there's there's a lot of plot at the beginning of this movie, and then nothing for a real long time. Yeah, More than that, nothing for a real any, long like, time. Actual X Men stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Jubilee finds Emma's dream stuff in the library, and then her and Skin decide to go into the dream dimension. Jubilee has a real bad time there when she meets uh, Russell, and Skin and Russell. Uh, convince a high school girl to fall in love with skin in her dreams which is what is consent yeah yeah no that's bad it i mean again this is the villain's plot so i don't think the movie is saying that it's okay but it's not it's not doing a good job saying hey this is a horrible thing you shouldn't do that yeah that comes a lot from the way it doesn't have like one set tone yeah 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 so skin eventually he gets captured he gets captured by Russell, long story short. Uh, and all of the Generation X kids go to the Dream Dimension to fight Russell and save Skin. And oh, there's real some... quick. The oh. tussle at the carnival. Oh, the tussle at the carnival. Where yeah. Monet just has a harem of guys walking behind her, and it's kind of great. I know. Really. You're completely... Like, she's definitely... <laughs> they did her right, only they show her for, like, two seconds at a time. Like, every second of this for Monet, it's, okay, I buy that from her. It's not necessarily good, healthy behavior, but it's what Monet would do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And that just, like... Oh, my God. I love how they were like, we'll just have Mondo grab a brick. And he looks the same. He's, yeah. he's good to go. This, he, we're totally doing this because we'll spend zero dollars. It's great. Well, okay. They do. What kind of makes me mad is they even set up a good joke about him hating Jello and not wanting to absorb Jello and become a Jello man. <laughs> they could have done that at some point. I know no, that's an they, effect shot, but that would have been so much no better. Money. They had zero dollars for this movie. I know. <laughs> they just, ugh. Yeah, it's bad. And I guess before that, right after that tussle and before Skin gets captured, Emma fires all of Generation X. She expels them. And then they have an I am Spartacus moment. And Banshee's like, okay, look, Emma, Emma, Emma. We don't have a school if they don't exist, so... I, I do kind of love that scene because I love that cliche, typical sort of like, if he's out, then I'm out. And she's like, okay, you're out. Oh, yeah. That was... <laughs> <laughs> it's like I I feel like the writer of this movie, uh, whose name Wants is to remain nameless. Like I think for you know Eric Eric Blankley, who has not written a lot of stuff, uh, but I feel like he read a handful of X Men and only a couple of characters, like Jubilee. Eh, he he's got her right in places, wrong in a lot of others. M perfect. Emma works real well for the most part, besides her super soap opera acting. You do know if I if I remember correctly, correctly Finola Hughes was on General Hospital for freaking ever. Oh yeah, like she she's had a career. <laughs> yes. And I mean, I think I think you can do a soap opera tone with X Men, and it's not exactly the craziest thing in the world. Yeah. But... Well, I mean, it is a soap, only it's oh. not. No, it's it's a soap opera about guys with laser eyes and knife hands. 
which is which is okay. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. You're telling me that Days of Our Lives and General Hospital aren't about that? Cause I haven't I was just watched. Knife hands in General Hospital, for sure. For sure. Still on General Hospital. Holy shit. She's been on that show since 1985. God bless her, Matt. I remember that show was my mom's favorite show, so I know her face very well. Yeah, wow. So she's the only one who really came out of this looking good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the generation next kids go to save skin who's captured. They have a lot of fancy effect shots that don't look great. They they got really lucky that three of their characters just have to be quote unquote strong people and then they're then they can just use their powers without any real budget. But that fight was, that that fight was incredible though because before trash becomes Fulfills his mutant destiny. Oh yeah, he's just he... standing there <laughs> while a bunch of mutants throw things at him. <laughs> oh. I was watching that fight. It was just like, okay, we got to make sure everyone gets their moment to use their powers. Go, Julie, oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, movies have been bad about that in the past like uh the fantastic four movie that came out a couple of years ago it does it does the same thing at the end with everyone has to use mm -hmm. their power to defeat dr doom and i thought yeah, we outgrew that i thought we were past <laughs> that this was the thing that killed me the end of this i'm like it's clearly an action sequence why is it shot like talking heads talking <laughs> Like, it's not like action television shows didn't exist. Like, the whole thing with Angelo at the end where he, like, claws his way out of there. It's so very casual. He just gets up, and then they all just, like, walk away. Oh, yeah, they they walk through their glowy door in the wall. <laughs> There's no sense of urgency whatsoever. Nobody, nobody runs. It's like, contractually, they refuse to. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's bad. It's... So, everyone's saved. All the kids are playing some Generation X branded video er, card game in the foyer. Because <laughs> it, it, it is the Chris Bachelot uh, Generation X logo font. That's what it. That's what's on the back of those cards. And uh, then Arlie Buff walks out with Emma and uh, Banshee, and she is wearing the classic Generation X red and yellow uniform. And it's all shiny, and she has a glowy, shimmery belt buckle, and it's more of a letdown than the end of X Men Apocalypse when they do the same thing. Like I, I know people give Brian Singer a lot of negative stuff, but after this came out, you can kind of see where he's like, "Nope, we do spandex. That looks fine. There's no way to mess yeah. that up." Yeah, yeah. It's a bad look. It's a bad look. And you know, 87 minutes later, that's Generation X. <laughs> It was never heard from again. Like I think I've, I think I've lost the right to complain about X Men: The Last Stand. I think I think I can just put that back and say, you know what? There's some qualities here that are pretty worthwhile compared to what it could have been. Oh, it's. I didn't know what to expect, and I was still let down by this movie. My hopes weren't high. See, it's, my... it's worse than you think. 
I feel like my expectations were filled like to the brim, like completely <laughs> met because I knew it was going to be terrible and it just kept going there. It just kept going there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I kind of want to find someone who was like genuinely pumped for this. I found to one. See how I they found think about a guy. I'm not even joking because I did I did some research after I saw this because like okay I need to see what some other people have said about this movie, and there's one guy and apparently it's what he watched when it came out and he had it like recorded on a VHS and it was one of those like we have five whole movies in our entire household so you just watch them over and over. He liked it, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he was wrong. I mean, if he only had five videos. His choices were limited. <laughs> right. Oh, so let's go around. Best part of the movie. Matt? The second I got to write in my notes, I survived the experience. <laughs> Christina? That carnival showdown, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible and I loved it. Ah, oh, yeah. That, that was bad. I'm... I think the part, yeah, I'm going to say the farting. Yeah. I know that's juvenile, but that was, that's the part that's going to stick with me in this movie. Oh, God. <sighs> I literally, that part, I think, I think when I, I was looking at something else when that happened, and I, like, squinched my face and was like, wait. So I rewound that 30 seconds and rewatched it, and I was like, okay, that was exactly what I thought it would be. <laughs> My, my oh. plan, if I ever get a gig that involves a scene with the boardroom and they're like, this isn't working, I'm like, have we considered making everyone fart? <laughs> scene oh. is lacking in farts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, worst part of the movie. And I know there's a lot of them, but Matt. I'll go with the whitewash jubilee. Christina? Yeah. Yeah. We can all agree that that was horrible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, also the astounding amount of like the dream rape in particular stuck out. I was like, I'm a dream raper sister, and I was like, wait, yeah. what? There's there's a lot about the treatment of female characters in this movie and the casual, like, you know, misogynistic crap that yeah, Refrax does the whole time. It's yeah. it straight up bothered me. And it's like, I was like, I know this is essentially a, you know, 90s teen romp kind of tone to these characters, but that doesn't make it okay. Yeah. It, it just mean, informs it a bit more, I think. It's interesting. Like, I, when I was a kid, I watched 90210, and these were, you know, of the general same era, not exact, but I just, when I was watching this, I was like, okay, so... Mondo and Refrax are their quote unquote bad boys. We're in the 90s, we're all in the 90s, we're all bad boys written this fucking terribly. I don't remember. No, there's like no attempt to make it nuanced. Like, uh, there's no. no nuance, and like, their, their attempt to make Mondo decent is that he gets in a fight on Skin's behalf by getting punched in the face. And I was like, am I supposed to like him now? Oh, and the, the, the part that pisses me off because here's how they try and uh make refrax an okay guy yeah. he develops x-ray vision and doesn't immediately you know look at the first girl he sees through her clothes and he says hey i didn't do that he then brags about that to mondo but doesn't understand why that's a 
kind of a shitty thing to do. And then he has that that moment where he like before they go out and fight, he goes, "Wait, I gotta talk. I gotta talk to Buff." And instead of doing it in private, he's like across the room. He's like, "Buff, I know I can see through clothes, but girl, I stopped at your thigh." <laughs> I was just so mad. I was like, "Reflex, get perspective on the situation here. This is not the time." <laughs> I'm going to make this better by telling everyone what I did and didn't do. <laughs> he has oh. to confirm the nice guy status. It's the only way. He's just the best. Clearly, he and his bleach blonde hair are the best. Oh, it's so bad. <sighs> it's a horrible film. Yeah. Hopefully, and I expect this, hopefully the Generation X comic book that's coming out in three days from the time we record this is better christina would you like to would you like to claim right here right now that your book is going to be better than this movie i really hope to god it's better than this movie (laughs) i like i mean it's a look i'm asian i don't like to be like it's gonna be the best i'm like i just hope y'all don't hate it (laughs) i know that my editor and i like it and i genuinely do like it so I would like to think it's better than this movie because almost everything is. I mean, the four-page preview I've read, I liked. I liked all four of those pages. I'll tell yeah. you right now, those were four pages that were oh. not this movie. And I think this is the book that we've both been most excited for out of the new lineup as well. Oh my god, I'm so happy. Oh, Thank you guys. Well, look, for the people who don't know about this book, and if you want to know more, you can check out the interview that me and Christina did a couple of months ago about it. Yeah. Little plug there, little plug there. But, so this book, why am I pitching your book? Christina, would you like to pitch your book? (laughs) So here's the thing. I love an underdog story more than anything. So I picked pretty much nothing but underdogs and put them in Generation X. (laughs) So it's about a bunch of lovable losers. And who who can't cheer for that? Come on. (laughs) So... Yeah, I mean, what we got? We got Jubilee from this show. She's yes. kind of the leader, and she's actually Asian in the comic, which is important. And this Jubilee is both a vampire and a mother. Yes, which is she very is. sweet. She's a mother, fucking vampire. Oh, <laughs> oh. I I mean, like for people who don't know, it's Mother's Day when we're recording this, and the first thing I thought is, wait, what X Men mom saw Jubilee? Jubilee. That's a weird sentence to just say out loud still. Here's the other thing, and this is this is getting slightly personal. Part of the reason that I've enjoyed writing Jubilee, other than the fact that like she was one of my first, you know, I love this Asian character in the 90s, ain't that many of us. Um, I'm currently adopting, so I'm about to be a mother. So I'm just um, like, all of my little mom fears, I'm giving them to Jubilee. <laughs> like, you can have them all. So, I have a... I. I love that I have the opportunity to write her because one, I've always loved her to begin with. And two, it, for like the first time in my life, I feel like I'm in the same place as her, which is interesting. That's so, awesome. It's been a lot of fun. That's, that is super cool. Cause like, like I know, uh, uh, Dennis Hopeless's spider, Wo- spider woman came out, uh, right around the time my son was born and Aww. getting to read that alongside him being born and growing up. I was like, Oh wait, Parenthood, it's not that bad, because, you know, yes, I guess Spider-Woman's doing it, and she's fictional, but it's based off of this guy who's also going through it. And you know what, if they, if everyone can survive it, I bet I can too. And I think that's the thing, 
the best some of the best comic book stories in general not just superhero stories but stories in general come from a place of honesty which is why like brian k vaughn in particular i love him so dearly because almost everything he writes comes from a specific point in time that he's going through which is always interesting to me because like i had a dinner with him about a year ago and we were talking about runaways and he was like yeah that's a book that i don't know that i could go back to writing partially because i'm just not there anymore and huh. saga is super personal to him because like i mean that's his like there's so much that he pulls from his personal life being you know a father and it's just it's a family story but like it's interesting hearing a guy like Brian talk about that because when you look back at his career and where he was in his life at the time, there's a lot that he pulls from his personal, um, you know, what's going on with him that's really cool. And that's that's the whole thing. Like, I think the majority of any story, like all the stories that you read that come from someplace genuine, it means something. And I think that's like, for me, for Generation X, part of my excitement with this book, it all, like, I picked characters that I found an interesting angle from that I personally love. So I'm not writing any characters that I hate. Like, I love them all. I want to tell stories with them that I identify with or find something interesting about. So I guess that would be my biggest plug for this book. Read it because I love it. <laughs> I'm not hate writing anything. <laughs> right. Oh, no. so, so you mentioned Runaways. How awesome does it feel to see like the promos of that now that's become a tv show oh my god i'm so happy <laughs> it's crazy because um uh i can't talk about the runaways movie i had gotten some information about the now defunct runaways movie that i wasn't particularly thrilled about and this is that the one that was written by drew pierce like yeah right like, at the start of the decade yeah i never got to read the script but i remember talking to like adrian and i had a chance to talk to the producer and there was just some stuff that they'd say that like adrian and i were like ah what okay um but with the the tv show i feel really good about it like i think josh and stephanie are the right people to run it because i think the thing that they completely understand about runaways is that more than a superhero comic it's a teen book like yeah. the mm. core of it is very much these are kids who realize their parents are evil and how do you handle that so it's going to be drastically different from the comic but i'm okay with that because i think they understand the heart of the book and on top of that, on a like personal level, I would honestly rather the source material be it start at the same place and then be its own thing because I think it's really difficult when you stay in Uncanny Valley to succeed because all you can mm -hmm. do when you stay too close to the source material is see what people screw up or see misinterpretations of what you as a reader interpreted. So um, I think that those two will do a really good job um, on it. And then on top of that, I'm, I mean, just seeing Carolina transform, I had this amazing experience when I was watching it that I guess I just never thought I would have because colorists in general don't get as, like, they're, we don't have as much of a hand in the design as other people. So, like, seeing her transform and seeing my little galaxy stars in her, I was just, like, flipping out when I saw it because I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> well, it was to me, it was so cool because I didn't know where they were going to go with it. I yeah. I, mm. I love Runaways. When I read it, I, it's one of the few things that I made sure I bought you know the big, thick, complete collections of so I would have them. And just seeing how pitch perfect that intro was to at least that first issue of Runaways. Yes. Mm. How it got all that stuff right. It 
I was sitting there, they're doing this. They're actually making this right. And then Carolina looked great. Freaking Nico looked great. Everything was good. It made me so happy. Uh, yeah, I was just, I, I have high hopes for it. And it's really cool for me because I'm super excited to watch it from the perspective of just a fan. Like, I don't know a lot. I know a few things uh, from some friends, but I don't know a ton about it, which I'm actually happy about because I've never been in this position before. I've always been a fan of it as somebody who worked on it. So I have no idea what they plan on doing aside from what I saw in that teaser. And I'm just super excited. Like, I just, I have a good feeling about it and I can't wait to watch it. And I'm just like, I've missed my kids so much. I want to see them. Look, as long as almost all the budget goes to giving me a dinosaur, I'm going to be okay. I have a feeling we're going to get a dinosaur. I could be wrong, Who's but I just... Who's rolling in I, the hands made money now? There's going to be a dinosaur. I think it's going to be a dude in a dinosaur outfit. Like, I'm okay. When they've got a on Earth. <laughs> that, would, that would be so good. They've just come take one of the raptors from Jurassic Park and hope nobody noticed. <laughs> oh, old lace. I'm it, that's good that's good so uh generation x just to try and st stay a tiny bit on topic <laughs> uh who else from this movie is going to be showing up in that book we know jubilee but is there anyone else that we could be seeing an appearance from probably buff i'm imagining uh you will or... i i mean i've said it you're definitely gonna see husk i love her um currently i don't want to say too much because i don't want to give too much away but uh, I, I, I will say that for those of you who love Angelo, the plan is to leave him dead. I'm sorry. I'm not okay. a fan of like retconning things super hard. It's, so It's okay. I think Cullen Bunn's going to fix that. So we're good. I mean, here's the thing. Part for me personally, and this is just a personal preference. I think part of the reason that like Runaways did so well, when we killed characters, they died. Yeah, like, you, I know. It was really sad. I know. But when you do that, I mean, stakes are high for a reason. Gert stays dead. Um, and I know the last issues implied otherwise, but you guys don't know what the plot was. Gert stayed dead. I'm sorry. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I know it hurts, but that's my personal philosophy. Like, and on top of that, the entire idea of this series is that it's possible that these kids aren't prepared to be put in super dangerous situations because they could get killed. So I think it would be the polar opposite message if I were to bring Angelo back and be like, just kidding, guys. Nobody stays dead. <laughs> Wait, you're, you're telling me iBoy may not be prepared for combat? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> the man with a thousand eyeballs. <laughs> He's survived a lot of battles, and I've just been like, interesting. <laughs> How? Are you so good? I'm so squirrely. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's the weird thing with this cast. There's not a ton that are still around. I mean, Jubilee is still around. M is still around and doing some stuff. We haven't seen her since Resurrection started. Yeah. And that's Resurrection with an X. But uh, we haven't seen her, but I'm sure she'll be around. Wink, wink. Uh, who else is still in the... Uh, yeah, Skin's dead. Yeah. Mondo has been dead since 1996. Yeah. Um, Banshee is possessed by Apocalypse still? I don't know what's up with Banshee. I, he died and came back, and then I don't know where he is. And Sink is still dead, right? Oh, yeah, Sink is still super dead. <laughs> He's not just dead. He's, like, super dead. 
He got blown up by Emma Frost's sister. It yeah. wasn't great. And Emma's around, but she's kind of mustache twirly right now. <laughs> We're not going to discuss Emma in her current state. <laughs> like, not to be down, but I actually really liked IVX all up until the last issue, and it, it was rough. But I... I think there is potential to tell good stories with Emma Frost in the state that she's in. Like, however she got there, that's fine. But if that's the situation, if that's what they want to say is the status quo, I think there's a potential for good to come out of it. Like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to wholesale say, oh, this is everything that happens because of this is horrible. Because I, there's plenty. Emma Frost started as a villain who blew up someone's pony once. Like, yeah. she's not a great person. She's just done some good stuff and been in some fantastic comics. So if she wants to be the, evil, the pain of losing her as a protagonist because she's always been that sketchy protagonist. Oh yeah, Where it's just it's super sad to lose her um, on the good side. Especially because like Death of X that came right before that was a fantastic Emma story. Like it did really good stuff with her, and then the zero issue of IVX. Just with oh, Emma yeah. focused, it was real strong. I liked it a lot, and I, after you know about a year without her being in the comics, I wanted more of that. I was real pumped for it, and then we just we didn't get it, or we got we got something different. <sighs> but I think that a I I don't have anything else. Christina, Matt, do you have anything you want to add or uh, in no, general? Not just not it was really fun talking to you guys. It's always a good time. Yeah, yeah, this was delightful. Yeah, so <laughs> I think now we're going to go around the table, the imaginary internet table, and tell everyone where you can uh, find us. Uh, as far as I am concerned, you can go to XavierFiles.com. I've got weekly articles about a bunch of different X-Men characters. This week is going to be Layla Miller, the girl who knows stuff. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, at XavierFiles. And uh, follow this podcast, Legion Quest, as well as my weekly review podcast, Xavier Files Reviews, where I do quick little reviews, I guess, about every X-Men book that comes out, including Generation X, which will be coming out real, real soon. Yay! Matt, where can people find you? So on Twitter, it's Matt underscore Sibley, and otherwise you can find me at Newsarama because I'm part of their review team. I'm writing about four kids walking to a bank next week, and... Hopefully we'll have something about Generation X up, but it's also a little sketchy at the moment just because kind of people are darting around. And while I have the mic, I also just want to praise Christina's issue of Batman Superman, which I don't oh. know why, but I remembered it yesterday and I was, had a look through it. And I was like, this is incredibly good. Oh, thank you. That's so crazy. That's not the issue that I would have thought you would have said. Well, like every, everyone kind of knows like runaways and stuff. And then I was like, hang on, wait, I have this right. And checked it was like yeah i do and it's like it's weird because it's like sandwiched in between the two arcs but yeah it was like a really i mean my dc stint was very short because that was before i went uh exclusive with marvel mm -hmm. so that was a long time ago holy crap like, what, 10 years maybe it might even be longer it was definitely older than that because i think i went exclusive with marvel back in 2006 or five? Oh god yeah i'm old yeah sorry uh christina where can uh people find you 
on the internets. So, the dream web, if you would. <laughs> so I have a very boring Twitter account. <laughs> um, it's just Christina Strain at Twitter. Um, you can also find me not on the internet, but at a comic book shop. Uh, Wednesday, Generation X comes out so soon. I hope you guys like it. Issue one is out on Wednesday. And then if you go to Netflix, I wasn't on season one of The Magicians, but you can watch season one of The Magicians on Netflix. And then if you are so inclined, and I highly recommend season two, you can purchase season two on iTunes. And I wrote two episodes of season two of The Magicians, including a bank heist. So you should look into it. Um, I, I, I'd forgotten that was yours somehow. I don't know how I did that. <laughs> no, it's no problem. I mean, that's the, the best thing about television is that realistically what ends up happening is that everybody kind of has something to do with your episode. So mm. there's a lot, like it's such a cooperative medium. We all help each other out on each other's episodes. So mm. our names are on things, but realistically yeah. you don't have to remember too much because mm. a bunch of my coworkers, it's, it's a collaboration. A bunch mm. of them have ideas that showed up in that episode. So I, th I think like, even with that, yours was the episode that kind of got like, not necessarily think pieces, but, Kind of discussion out there beyond like initial review. <laughs> I definitely yeah. saw stuff on places like Vox. It was it was fun episodes. They were fun episodes. It was a good mm. time. I love the show that I work on. Um, it's the entire room is fantastic, and all of our cast is great. And I mean, I was very lucky to my first real comic job was Runaways, and my first TV job is The Magician. So I feel like I landed in two amazing spots. <laughs> it's a really nice resume. Yeah, I'm very happy with it. Thank you. Ah. Yeah, that's uh that's awesome. Uh so I think uh I think we survived the experience. I think we got through Generation X. Oh my god. Uh, I don't think we knew that for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh you can come back next month where uh me and Matt are going to be talking about the movie Lo are we talking about Logan? Is that what we decided? Yeah, sure, on? let's go with it. <laughs> As we're filling time in this off season mm -hmm. until there's even a sliver of Legion news, because there's mm -hmm. not. But, yeah, uh, Christina, thank you for coming on. It was great yeah. having you. Thank you guys so much for having me. I had a uh, great time. This was an incredibly awesome. fun hour. <laughs> yeah. See you guys next month. David, David. David. Shall we begin?